Hey there, and welcome back into the pickle jar. This is Jill, your host, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode. I'm going to try and have a little fun with you today in this episode. Um, if you've listened to some of my past episodes, I kind of have a wacky way of analyzing things in my brain, and I'm going to share with you today what I feel life was like before Addison's disease and life was like after Addison's disease. And I just hope that you listening to to this, um, I hope it makes you smile. I hope you can relate. I hope it validates a little bit um, what you're going through, because that's really what the pickle jar is all about. So um, life before Addison's disease. So I was diagnosed at 35. And I often like to think of it that life before that point was kind of like I was at an amusement park. You know, I could pick and choose whatever I did every day. It was kind of Um, You know, I could go to shows, I could ride the rides, I could, you know, whatever my heart desired. And once I was diagnosed with Addison's disease, everything changed because now my world was controlled by my medication and how I felt every day. And I had to be very mindful of that so that I didn't go into an adrenal crisis. So after I was diagnosed, um, I feel like I was put in line of one ride at the amusement park. And that one ride is the adrenal crisis cyclone coaster. Now, as I wait in line for um, this ride that I obviously hope now that I never get on, I just want to wait in line. Um, I have some very important things that I have to do. First of all, I have to be very mindful of standing in the sun too long. We all know when we're at the amusement park, you know, you wait in line for a ride and, and you're standing there and it's really hot out. And and um, so I have to be really careful of that because now I might dehydrate and I have to be careful of my sodium levels, and my potassium level and my electrolytes. Um, But while I'm waiting in line, my job while I'm waiting in in line is to educate myself as best as I can so that if I ever get on that ride, I'm best prepared for what's going to happen because I don't know what that ride's going to be like every time I get on it. So as I wait in line, I'm putting together as many safety precautions I can, whether it's emergency injections, learning how to listen to my body, manage my medication, my electrolytes, um, hospital bags everything. There's so many things that I can do to prepare for that moment. So that's my job as I wait in line. Now, what's important while I wait in line is that I have my advocates with me. And it's very important to have advocates with you while you wait in line, um, or at least be close by to get in line with you if you need them. Um, Because once you get on that ride, they're going to be your voice. They're going to be my person to watch me, to watch over me, to be my voice, to advocate for me and possibly save my life. So I've been on this coaster ride a few times and um, it always amazes me that every time I get pushed to the, to get on the, on the ride um, it's different every time. Sometimes it's slow. I can feel it coming. I can feel a crisis coming on and I try to fight it. And I've had a few times where all of a sudden I'm just, I'm in a crisis and there's no apparent reason. And A lot of times we're told crisis come on because of, you know, physical trauma, you know, illness. But for me, all my crises have come on because of physical exhaustion. It's just I've been worn down from weeks, months of working hard and running at a low cortisol state that my body all of a sudden just says enough is enough. Like I can't fight for you anymore. I've been giving you, you know, symptoms and signs and asking for more cortisol and I'm not getting it. And I just can't do this anymore. And I'm absolutely exhausted. So so sometimes I'm waiting in that line, hoping not to get on the adrenal crisis cyclone coaster. And then all of a sudden, 
I'm online. I'm up on that platform and you know, the coaster's sitting there and I got to get on. I don't have a choice. The crisis is coming on. And I feel like I'm loaded into that coaster. I'm strapped into that seat. And the person that's strapping me into that seat is my advocate. And the best thing an advocate, if you're an advocate for somebody with Addison's disease, with adrenal insufficiency, you know, I can't imagine the burden that an advocate carries knowing that somebody's going into crisis and the reality of that. Um, but what's really important for me when I go into crisis is to have that security of that person's going to do the best that they can. And I need that look in the eye so that when I'm going into crisis, it just takes a little bit of a stress and a worry off of me because I don't know what's going to happen. And the few crisis, severe crises I've had, um, one thing I really remember is the fear of those crises. It's the reality of it. It's the, I remember thinking, you know what, this, this might be the moment. This is might be the moment that, you know, we read about in the Facebook groups and the stories that I've heard that moment of Addison's wins and I don't come back. Um, the hard thing with an invisible illness with Addison's, we go back and forth. So, so many times I feel like you just assume you're going to be okay. And the reality is I might get on that coaster one day and I might not get off. And I have to be as prepared as I can for that ride because I don't know what that crisis is going to look like every time. So I see a crisis like a roller coaster ride because you kind of get strapped in. You're trying to prepare as much as you can. And and then the ride starts. And usually when it starts, you can't really stop it. And, and like I said, you don't know what's coming. So you climb that first hill and you very, very slowly climb and you hear it's like like you can hear the click of that train going up that track and that fear just grows as that crisis as you feel that crisis starting to climax and and you're getting up to the top and you don't know how big that hill is going to be that's going to take you down on the other side and you get to that top and you are all alone and you're at the mercy of everyone you're at the mercy of the medical staff their knowledge their speed you're at the mercy of your advocate you know, we likely, I likely can't speak for myself. And if I do, I'm probably not possibly be coherent or sound logical. And then you get up to the top of that, that hill and, and you go down and you go down fast and you go hard and there's loops and there's turns and there's twists. There's dark tunnels there. You're being feeling like you're being tossed all over the place and you're absolutely petrified. I can remember I know when I'm in crisis, I am petrified. At the same time, I am so numb because I am so weak and that battle is going on so hard inside of me. It's it's mind-blowing. And you're on this ride and you're hoping for the best. You're hoping for that ride to slowly, to hit that point where you know everything starts to change and you're on the upside, <laughs> that the ride's almost over. And eventually it happens that that ride starts to slow down and you can feel the calmness coming back in your body. You can feel, you can feel the medication taking over the steroids, the everything that every cell in your body that was screaming for you, you can feel every cell coming back to life. And it's the most beautiful and scary thing I've ever felt. It's so beautiful because you can feel that life come back. 
but it's so scary because I realize how close I am to death. And that's scary. That's really, really, really scary. Um, but it, but it is an amazing feeling when you, when you feel yourself coming alive again and everything just opening up and, um, and that security coming back. And then you feel that ride start to slow down. You feel, you know, you're almost there. And then, and then on that, that roller coaster ride, you know, you come back into that station and, and you look up and your advocate standing there and they unstrap you and you're absolutely exhausted and completely weak. And they help you get out. And they're there again. They're there again to hold your hand. You survived another adrenal crisis. But the unfortunate thing is, I can't go back out to the rest of the park. I have to get back in line and wait again and hope again <laughs> that I never get on that ride. But what I try to do after every time I've rode that coaster or come close to it, or I've spoke to some of you guys about your experiences. I try to take everything to heart and I try to learn because I'm going to get off that ride every time and I'm going to fight every time and I'm going to learn every time. And I, I don't want to ride that ride. Um, so as you wait in line for your adrenal crisis cyclone coaster that I hope you never have to ride, please educate yourself. Please advocate for yourself. And if you have people in line with you that aren't going to advocate for you, please find new people. Please find a healthcare team that's going to advocate, that's going to listen to you. Just keep fighting. And with time and with patience and us coming together, we are going to be that voice and we're going to be heard. And that's what the pickle jar is all about. And I so appreciate you listening. And please, if you haven't listened to any of my other crazy stories, please tune into some of my other episodes. Um, episode 29, I'll put all this stuff in the show notes, is um, the Adrenal Crisis University, when I kind of compare having Addison's disease to a university education. Um, and there's also episodes on um, exactly what an adrenal crisis is. Um, that's episode nine. Episode 10 is about the emergency injection kit. That's going to be part of you making sure you are prepared for a crisis, having that emergency kit. And there's also episodes, um, episode, I think I've written down here, episode 17 is my first crisis, if you want to listen to that as well. So thank you again for listening. And I so appreciate your time. And until next time, please be well, my pickles.